0: So, as we uh, talked about uh, last time, uh, we're looking now at uh, um, Abraham's experience. Paul is drawing on the Old Testament to demonstrate that righteousness is by faith alone without the works of the law. How about that? We often look at the Old Testament as law and the New Testament as grace, but it's a totally screwed up idea. The truth is that God operates by grace throughout the whole of human history and throughout the Bible. And so he says, so what did Abraham receive? Well, he was accounted righteous for Abraham, it says in verse 3 of chapter 4 of Romans, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. I can tell you this, that in my own experience in 1971, this was a lifeline. This was an incredible a revelation, a joy to me, because I had always been trying to get righteousness into myself, to have it infused in me, sort of thing, injected, so that I would become intrinsically and actually righteous. But I never felt righteous, and I certainly didn't uh, behave enough uh, uh, to affirm myself as righteous, behave enough uh, in a godly way. And so here we have this incredible news that we are accounted righteous, and that means treated as if we were righteous, or imputed with righteousness, charged, in other words, to my account. Uh, if uh, you give me the good news one day that I'm uh, that you're charging a million dollars to my account, well, that's what the word means. It means that it's not my money but it's counted as if it were my money because you're uh, charging it to me. You're accounting it to me. And this is what God does with his marvelous grace. So then... Paul then jumps into that beautiful verse that, uh, again, by review here, but to him who does not work but uh, believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Our faith is counted as if it were righteousness, when in fact, of course, it is not. And that, by the way, as I pointed out last time, indicates or proves once more that faith comes from God, not from human beings, because it's counted as ours. It's gifted to us. Now then, Paul then jumps a little bit away from Abraham and goes to David and there's a surprise here for us too it says just as david also describes the blessedness of the man to whom the lord imputes righteousness now that word impute as i've just pointed out is the same as the word account and considered as and charged to my account so paul is going to quote david um Uh, in regard to God imputing righteousness, charging it to us. But listen, the surprise is the following. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Well, now, wait a minute. God is imputing righteousness to David as it says there, uh, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom the Lord imputes righteousness, but then he start, starts talking about forgiveness. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. Well, what does that mean? It means that forgiveness is more than we think it is. It's more than simply Passing over your sins and treating you as if you had never sinned, it is treating you as if you had always been righteous. Let's get that again. You see, verse 6 says, Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness. All right then. God imputes righteousness to us, apart from any works that we've done. And how does he do it? By forgiving us. So God is doing more than simply passing over our sins. He's treating us treating us as if we had never sinned. He, ha- he is treating us as if we had always been righteous. What a generous, incredibly generous God. Now I've heard many people say Well a few people over the years I know God forgives me But I can't forgive myself Now I want to tell you this I don't want to insult you If you feel, if you believe that too that I, that I know God forgives me But I can't forgive myself That that is not a humble statement You don't think that you're humble do you By saying I can't forgive myself Even though God forgives me That is actually a prideful statement That is not taking God's word seriously by faith. It is saying, yes, God forgives me, but quite honestly, I don't believe it because I can't forgive myself. Listen, do you want to know how to forgive yourself? Well, first of all, you don't even have to. God does the forgiving. And when God forgives, anything that you decide in regard to forgiveness is invalid, unimportant. You can say, dear God, the sin that I have done keeps coming up and popping up and reminding me of how bad I have been, but by faith, dear God, I praise and thank you that you have not only forgiven me but counted me as always righteous. That is an incredible state that we find ourselves in as Christians. You know, the world looks upon Christians, sometimes if they know anything about us, which (laughs) these days they don't seem to, as incredibly proud people, because they believe that the God of the universe, who sustains all these billions and trillions uh, of galaxies and the trillions of stars in the galaxies, um, has time to give attention to little you and me. Well, he does, and he is so dedicated and devoted to little you and me that he puts us on a pedestal of Christ, uh, the brothers and sisters of Christ, by forgiving us and treating us as if we had always been righteous. This is what justification is. Now, look, let me tell you something that sort of leaps a little uh, farther afield. Why would God justify us in the first place? Why not just forgive and declare us forgiven and forgotten and so on? Because there is a big controversy going on in the universe between Christ and Satan. And Christ has gained the victory. That's why Satan was cast out from heaven and when he gained the victory he gained the victory to save us and to to uh, to uh, announce his kingdom so that when satan fell to the world to the earth it was a sign of his defeat satan is defeated in this world And yet he goes on accusing us. God chose not to blot him out, uh, but to let him go on and keep bluffing his way through the history of this world. And he bluffs us, he bluffs his way by accusing us before God. Now, Satan, now God knows that we are sinners, but he is defending us against Satan. You remember that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So do you understand this? that the issue of the world and sin and righteousness is not about God accusing you and charging us all with sin and is only too ready to drop us into hell if we just uh, don't shape up. Rather, God is our defender against the accusations of Satan who is wanting to drop us into his own hell. God is our defender you say, how can, how can you be sure of that, Colin? Well, remember, and this is leaping ahead a little bit, that Paul, having explained all the gospel in chapters 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, then comes to this verse. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, did you get that? If God is for us, who can be against us? God has chosen by his love through, through his Son to defend us, to take the judgment for us in the person of his Son, to give us access to his home, reconciliation, so that we are counted as his children, not having ever sinned. He's not fooling himself. He knows we have sinned and failed, but he's counting us as if we had never sinned and always been righteous. He's justified us, and he's defending us against the devil. So, you see, the truth of the gospel is not that you have an accuser on one side, Satan, and, my goodness, on the other side, you also have an accuser, God, who is charging you with all your sins. If you have two accusers, you are done for. You have no hope whatsoever. You will, Your spirit will utterly be overcome. But if you know that though there is an accuser on one side of you, there is a defender of you, because he has given Christ for you, and you are trusting him in him by faith, even though your faith is so imperfect, it is nevertheless a gift from God. It is a perfect gift in one way, but it is being countered by the doubts of your sinful nature, but God's faith in you will triumph, and he is defending you against the enemy. So look at it that way and see how privileged and how blessed you are to be a Christian, to be a believer. God has defended you. God has given you the gift of faith. He is upholding you. He is declaring you innocent. And uh, uh, Satan says... God says to Satan, I rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord rebuke you. Is not is not this a brand plucked from the burning? You remember that verse in Zechariah 3, verse 10? You and I are like little twigs and sticks that have been plucked from the fire. And we are therefore God's children. So blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. And how does he not charge you and impute sin to you? By charging you with righteousness, imputing righteousness to you. My goodness, think of how great then forgiveness is. God doesn't simply come along to you and say, You know, son, I know you've done a lot of sinning, but forget it. I'm just forgetting it too. Well, of course God does in a certain sense. Forget it. He will remember our sins no more. He will cast them into the depths of the sea. But he does more than that. He treats you or counts you as if you had never sinned. And more accurately, he treats you or uh, 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 counts you as if you had always been righteous. So this is how your faith must respond, you see. Even when you're brought into doubt and fear and shame and guilt... You lift up your heart and say, O Lord, even though I'm unworthy of you, I praise you that you have counted me as worthy. I praise you that you treat me as if I had always been righteous. I praise you that you have cancelled out my past and even my present and my future because you love me. That is my present and future of sin because you love me and you have... Determined, predetermined, predestined that I, as he does for all the world, predestined that I shall be in your kingdom. You are my warrior. You are the captain of the guard. You have defeated Satan for me, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Well, thank you for joining me today. Colin Cook here and How It Happens. You've been listening to this broadcast possibly on the radio. You can hear it every uh, Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning, on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. But you can also hear it any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, SoundCloud.com or Podbean.com and key in how it happens with colin cook and would you consider a donation because this is listener supported radio it costs 39 dollars per 15 minutes send your donation to FaithQuest, p.o box 366 littleton colorado 80160 or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com i'll see you next time cheerio and god bless